0: If, if things are going to cost more, you need to have two ways to combat it. And it's either increase your earnings or increase your assets through investing. And some of us, it's easier to increase your earnings than others. Retirees obviously can increase that. So when we talk about increasing the assets, for us, it, it, it comes down to having the right mindset. Welcome to The Financial Commute, a weekly podcast that gives you the rundown on what's
1: going on in the current market, how it affects you, and what you can do about it all designed to fit into your commute. I'm your host, Chris Galeski, and each week I share the table with a knowledgeable guest, including Morton Wealth Advisors, fund managers, and investment analysts to break down complex financial topics. Our goal is to provide you with the tools necessary to help you navigate this challenging environment, leading to a path of more confident investing. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us for another episode of The Financial Commute. I'm your host, Chris Gillespie, joined by Wealth Advisor and partner, Kevin Rex. Kevin, thank you for joining us.
0: Appreciate you having me.
1: So um, Megan was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, oh. and we were talking about the debt ceiling. Um, but in that conversation, the whole concept around inflation came up, partly because U.S. government's now $30 trillion in debt. But it's not just the U.S. government. There, there are governments around the globe that have printed lots of money, had to create stimulus to, to, to get some economic expansion, mainly because of COVID, that shutdown. But when you, when you actually look at it, we were having a conversation. on like, what is a trillion dollars? And, you know, this cut into this whole inflation, purchasing power. And if you think back 20 years ago, think of a billion dollars. That was a lot of money. Or even 10 billion. Yeah. I mean if you got 10 billion dollars 20 years ago, you're pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> if I said 10 billion dollars today, how do you feel?
0: Still a lot of money, but definitely not not the same, right? right. It's it, it, you you used to say someone was a millionaire and that was amazing. Now it feels like everybody's like if you're not a millionaire, you're struggling in certain in certain areas. So, yeah, that's, things have changed. And so on that topic,
1: like the, it's really hard to fathom or truly understand what a trillion is. And then you expand beyond a trillion. It's, it's like, OK, we're raising the debt limit to one point five trillion dollars per year. And then the U.S. government is 30 trillion dollars in debt. But the impact of that, these are some things that are out of our control when all of a sudden we go from, you know, $20 trillion in the system to $30 trillion because of COVID and the shutdown. And that money gets released into a system where you can borrow at 0% interest rates. You have a lot of money chasing very few goods and services. And then all of a sudden, boom, without you even realizing it, inflation and the purchasing power of your dollar just gets withered away. And it happens so fast. Um, so on that, what are some other examples that you can think of where you just kind of wake up one day and you go, wow, my purchasing power
0: has just disappeared. That's yeah, funny you bring that up. So two days ago, my daughter turned nine. My parents did a snatch breakfast. So they came over, stole her pajamas, took her to took her breakfast. They came home an hour and a half later. And I'm like, how was it? My daughter was you know, cheering, laughing, loved it. My dad's just shaking his head. I'm like something happened? He goes, she wanted pancakes, ten dollars. She wanted an orange juice, eight fifty. And then she wanted bacon because the pancakes didn't come with anything. Three pieces of bacon, eight fifty. He's like, tax and tip, your nine-year-old daughter's breakfast was $35. And I could just see him. I mean, the age he is, I think orange juice was probably 50 cents back when he was a kid. And so to see him now being like spending that amount of money. He still believes that things should be cheaper, but that's not the world we live in because of the money printing and, and the debt that we have. And so it, it really brings up the question, how do you start, you know, really considering the purchasing power that you have and, and the things that we need to be doing? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's mind boggling,
1: you know, to say the least, although, you know, I'm not trying to get into a whole debate here. If you've got trillions of dollars worth of debt and interest rates are zero, like that's okay. Yeah. It's only really a problem when when interest rates are at five six percent. So there's, we're not here to talk about the debt today, but we're gonna here to talk about the the purchasing power. It even happens with real estate. I mean, you we have some clients that you know purchased a place a number of years ago for a million dollars. Let's say it's worth three million today, and they said, you know, I found my forever home, Chris, and it's not. You know, I think I could sell my place for three million, but my forever home, it's going to cost five. Well, they're going to sell their home, pay some capital gain tax, you know, go buy this new home. But now all of a sudden, because borrowing rates are higher and property taxes are higher, they're going to go from, you know, three to four thousand dollars a month in cost for housing costs to 15 to 20 for a two million dollar difference, right? It's, yeah, for the difference between the a three relation, million dollar and a five million. Yeah. So what's that, what's that client or that person gonna do? They're staying they're in their home, the they're way. not moving. And so, you know, purchasing power can sneak up on us really quickly. Um, technology in some areas have caused purchasing power to, to increase. You think about TVs, I go to Costco, thousand bucks buys you the biggest TV. I mean, it's amazing how big they are.
0: Yeah. Uh, when you got your first but, TV, how small was it? But, i mean it was it was it was actually pretty big the screen was small right but if yeah. you think about it, it was like that deep that wide and it was a 13 inch tv and then i got upgraded to have a, a vcr underneath it but so good. We, we teased my brother-in-law because he bought this tv and he spent four thousand dollars on like this plasma it was 60 inches and literally a year and a half later you could buy that same tv but thinner for yeah 800 bucks so I you're know. absolutely right real estate is is a great example of of you know, things have having gone up so much that it becomes cost prohibitive in a lot of ways. But there are examples. You know, we talked about cars being one of them too, where you know they've stayed relatively flat, and your purchasing power is is still okay there. But in general, if if things are going to cost more, you need to have two ways to combat it, and it's either increase your earnings or increase your assets through investing. And some of us, it's easier to increase your earnings than others. Retirees obviously can increase that, so. When we talk about increasing the assets, for us it, it comes down to having the right mindset. We know this is we know this exists. We know that prices are gonna go up. And so how do we stay the course? And when you think about you know financial planning being a key component of it, understanding what you have and where you're going, and then using buckets to understand that you need to have short-term goals, middle-term goals, and long-term goals. And you hear me talk about this all the time with my clients where We create a plan when everything's calm and easy and it's going to work. But what happens is greed and fear take over when the markets get all volatile or markets are shooting straight up for for 10 years and everyone, they don't want to miss out. They have the FOMO effect. That's when plans get derailed. And so that mindset of staying the course and understanding that the plan will work is so important. Yeah, I mean, sometimes
1: it's not even when the market's volatile. I mean, leading up to this debt ceiling. You know, last time in 2011, the market was down like 25% in a couple month period leading up to, you know, that whole debt ceiling debacle. This one, it was amazing. Um, They haven't quite come out with a deal yet, um, but it's May 31st, and I think they're going to sign one here pretty quick. But the market's somewhat nonchalant about this whole debt, coming up to this debt ceiling deadline this time. Mm. But a lot of clients are... Saying, hey, this ensuing crash, if they don't make a deal, you know, should we sell? Should we get out? So how we respond and react to things could be a big impact of of what we actually receive.
0: It's incredibly important. And, you know, you think back to our parents and grandparents, if they had panicked across whatever was going on at the time, pulled their money out and put it under their mattress, it makes you feel good. But- talking about purchasing power, you're gonna wake up in 10 years and you can't afford that orange juice because you have the same amount of money, but costs and services are going up. So you have to invest. There's very few people that are wealthy enough to where purchasing power is just irrelevant. For for most of us, you have to invest and it can't just be short-term goals, it has to be into the future. So what are some of the strategies that you're talking about with your clients as far as helping keep up with inflation, outpace inflation and, and increase purchasing power?
1: You know, Kevin, it's so nice now to actually be earning something decent with short-term or cash. It's,
0: investors needed that. It was Yeah. You know, so I mean, it, it,
1: people weren't incentivized to save because with, with interest rates at zero, it was bad. And so it's easy to have that knee-jerk reaction saying, hey, I want safety. And I'm going to buy owning something safe, whether it's treasuries or money markets or CDs. Uh, I call CDs certificates of depreciation because... You can't have access to them, but it's a decent yield. You know, you can earn 5% and that's attractive. But really, it's not because we have to worry about reinvestment risk and then we're not getting asset appreciation. We're just getting that income and that income might not be keeping up with the inflation that we're exposed to. I mean, there's certain areas of our life where inflation is much higher than four or 5%. Mm-hmm. And so we really need to back up here and take a look at you know, what are our needs? Um, how should we be investing? And we gotta take that bucket approach. We gotta make sure that we're diversified, owning things like commodities or gold that can keep up with inflation over time, things like stocks or real estate. Yeah. One of the reasons why I like real estate as an investment is because once we deploy that money into real estate, We're going to be earning some income from it, and then we're going to hopefully see price appreciation along the way. So we just have to be patient over, you know, a 5, 10, 15 year period to see that work out, because it's going to take a few years to get that income. It's going to take a few more to see the appreciation, and then it's going to take a longer term to really see the the, the impact of, of having that asset. And that can be a great way. To have diversification, have income, keep up with inflation, or 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 allow the purchasing power of your dollars to maintain over time. Yeah. but we can't do that with a short term mindset.
0: No, you can't. It's you have to understand that again. The buckets, treasuries are great for your liquidity and for your short term. That's nice that you're getting paid. You have to have you have to have assets that are gonna keep up with inflation, outpace into the future. You know, I'm not a huge fan of stocks as far as valuations go, but we still use them. We like them because they are a necessary tool to increase purchasing power over time. Over the short term, one month, three months, six months, it's anybody's guess, but we've seen historically over time, stocks will be worth more in the future. So that is that bucket that you just need to stay the course, allow it to do what they're gonna do over time, and you have your other buckets short term for liquidity and, and cash needs.
1: Yeah. And essentially, we need exposure to stocks because a lot of those companies are the ones that are affecting our purchasing power. Mm. They're raising prices over time due to inflation and then passing those increase in prices down to the consumer. And so if we're not invested in those very same goods and services that we're you know purchasing, we are even more behind the game. So paying more but not increasing, yeah, not, not so, participating. So by that, avoiding that. stocks and just going, you know, oh, I'm just going to buy Treasuries. We are really getting behind the eight ball because we're not even participating in the benefit of being able to increase prices over time, um, like these companies do.
0: Yeah. So I, I think just kind of in my mind, prices are going up. Have a plan, stay the course, and understand that we need to have growth assets to keep up with purchasing power into the future.
1: Yep. Thanks a lot, Kevin. Really enjoyed the conversation around purchasing power or inflation. Anytime I'm having this conversation, I always think back to when I was a kid. My grandma used to say, "Oh, when I was a kid, a Coke only cost a nickel. <laughs> now it's like what five dollars by your your dad's your dad's yeah. Seat? Disneyland yeah. is ten bucks, right?
0: <laughs> it's 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 gone up. But. All right. Thanks a lot. Kevin. Appreciate you having me.
1: Thank you for joining us and we hope this episode has provided you with a roadmap to feel more confident as an investor. To receive notifications for our weekly episodes, email financialcommute at mortonwealth.com. Until next week.